I was out in the mountains, but I've already seen ESPN's talking heads make a few remarks about potential racism, uh, climate change, and overall shit showery, which mm. can only mean fighting might be might not be easier outside the cage. I would argue, as uh, my esteemed co-host has. Mm-mm. The most recent Mayweather-McGregor tour might be showing us it's uh, all that matters, which means it's time for verbal tap. They stepped on our thing. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing this evening? I'm fine. You know, the whole world is talking about McGregor and Mayweather. And I say that having written a few articles myself. A few. And I think it's important. Hold on. Calm yourself. I got to do what I got to do. Now, I'm saying you have written a few, so you are one of those people saying it's it's what matters. I'm just saying it's what matters in this world. <laughs> but I am saying there's something else. I don't, I, you know, everybody wants to talk about that, Kev. I want to talk about something else real quick. Okay. okay. What is it? Here we I'm go. I'm curious. Here's my thing. I want to talk a little bit about Game of Thrones. Kevin, how much do you love Game of Thrones? <laughs> Not very much. Nah, me neither. Okay, let me tell you why. <laughs> Because okay. I'm too cool for that type of stuff and had sex in high school. I'm kidding. Ooh, snap. Nerds, dudes, take that. <laughs> so that was all I had. Guys, I want to be super clear. I think the show's probably great. I just haven't really invested the time. I've sped watched some episodes. There was way too much dog killing in it for me in the first few episodes. Oh, yeah, that, that definitely is a, a turnoff for Kevin. But I want to tell you this. I didn't go out of my way to make this happen, but Drew is 100% listening to us right now. And Drew asked me very nonchalantly, he's like, oh, dude, are you excited for Game of Thrones? And I was like, I don't really watch it. Our Canadian brethren, Drew Mm -hmm. Weatherhead, of probably jujitsu. No, that's not. Mm, Sometimes jujitsu, whatever. Question mark jujitsu. Por que jujitsu? Is that it? Por que? So anyway, Drew Weatherhead asked me, He's like, oh, you don't watch? Like, how can you not watch? And he was astounded that I wouldn't watch. And I was trying to be polite and tell him, dude, you know, it's great if you like it. That's your thing. And he was just like, but how can you not watch? And I'm like, I've tried to watch. Uh, Drew, I'm Hispanic in America, right? Life's a Game of Thrones. I don't I don't need to get into this bullshit with you and your free health care in Canada. But I'm trying to explain to him, I'm happy it does whatever it does for you. But to me... The show is tit dragons. Now, let me explain that. <laughs> I love the fact that people are into this show. But any time people get excited about it, they're like, ah, oh, tits. And I was like, okay, cool. Tits, dragons. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> Boobs. But then all of a sudden they're just like, oh, but dragons. And you're like, okay, are these people just too lazy to just type in for porn? Because they're trying to have it all. They're like, oh, there's wars, and then there's characters, and oh, and there's fantasy. And He's a bastard. In, and, uh. Everybody's a bastard. And I always look to them, and I go, okay, I've watched a little bit of it, but I never care what's happening. Now, it's fine if you care, but I tried explaining to Drew a little bit of this, and he wouldn't let it go. He wouldn't let me just say, like, it's not my thing. I think it's not as good as like real dramas. Now, those of you who want to take arms with that, go for it. But I'm letting you guys know it's fine that you enjoy it and it's whatever. But he put up this status update and I'm going to go into it for just a second. And then we're going to return to the matters that really matter. But Drew said he took our conversation and put it out to the people. 
And he said, Rafa Sparza refuses to watch Game of Thrones because it, in his opinion, lacks character development and panders to predictable tropes. Rafa is also <laughs> the foremost authority <laughs> that on sounds all things like my friend WWF <laughs> and WWE. Now, <laughs> I want to bring in a few things here. You definitely said that. As if they brought me up as a character witness and were like, does this look like Raph's work? I'm like, yeah, that was him. <laughs> that because sounds... honestly, when I see the character developments, I don't see that. I see tit dragons. And I think to myself, if you enjoy tit dragons, don't let that hinder you. Enjoy the tit dragons. But don't pander to me and tell me that that's not playing upon a nerd culture that was set forth by Lord of the Rings. That was set forth years before that with Star Wars which was set forth by that, by the Lord of the Rings books. I don't want to get too deep into the mythos here. But once they figured out they could make money on putting tit dragons on from a page to the screen, and they realized, let's put it on HBO, because then we can show the boobs and the dragons. And they said, ah, genius. But it's not TV, it's HBO. So I guess what I'm saying to you guys here is this. Bringing up WWE and WWF is one thing, but at least that's live. And I'll say this, some of their acting's a little bit better than the people I've seen on Game of Thrones, I'm just saying. Because I've never felt anything akin to Ric Flair getting super kicked by Shawn Michaels. That's real drama. Whatever the fuck you're trying to convince me for characters I don't care about, no, no, never, never felt that way. You never been more entertained. About them. Oh, I do not. And I have never been more entertained by any of those characters than Dwayne The Rock Johnson cutting a promo. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Those are real forms of performance, people. And we're not even getting to the actual aerial assaults, the technicians. But I will say this. The one thing I was saying to Drew is that I said nerd culture, because they get pandered to, they have expectations. That's why whenever you guys wonder, like, why are these movies so bad? It's because they play on a formula and they give you what you want. And when it's not what you want, nerds get up and they get angry. How angry do they get, Kevin? Angry enough to make status updates about people who don't enjoy the same television that they do. So I guess what I'm saying to you here is, Drew, it did affect you (laughs) to the point where you needed to put me on blast. And some of the people there (laughs) seem to really enjoy the comparison to the WWE and to the WWF. And they're just not cultured. And I understand that. But here's the real thing. I just want you guys to enjoy the tit dragons if that is your jam. But also really understand that, yes, there are going to be differences in opinion and they're going to play you. But know that the person who rang the alarm on that status update is also the same participation person from our WWE BJJ week and has never complained about the views that he gets from people when he then is implementing professional wrestling in his terms. (laughs) Be honest. I finished. There. Are you most yeah. upset with this because Gary Lee Tonin chimed in and aired with Drew Weatherhead as simple minded people are prone to do? Uh, Gary chimed in and said, This is a power shot to the groin, which, <laughs> <laughs> if you're hearing it from Gary, oh, God. And then it's going to be a doozy. As an homage to your comment, which follows only mm. to the simple minded. Absolutely. And Drew raised his hand. 
which good for him. So anyway, that's my my whole thing <laughs> on the Game of Thrones. And again, I know it's a big night for you guys. I know it's amazing for you. I don't want to rain on your parade. But if I don't watch it or I don't like it, then leave me the fuck alone because I'm not going after you guys and saying, hey, don't watch your tit dragons. So I, I just I want you to enjoy what you enjoy. That's all. And I think tonight's episode is about a power grab. Someone's going to die and someone's going to have sex. Oh, you're fucking no way. Spoiler alert. They spin a fucking wheel and it's like death, betrayal, and uh, some more tits. Boom. I I just want to thank Drew Weatherhead for putting Raph on blast because that was an amazing few minutes of radio. Raph, you were at a few amazing minutes of radio, which is how we're describing Mayweather versus McGregor. Connor and Floyd really went to town. You got to see the opening meal you. Yeah, I did. Okay. I don't know how to explain this other than uh, my good friend Mike Frosto and I uh, went over to the McGregor Mayweather Showcase Showdown. And Kev, I wish I could tell you it was uh, everything I wanted it to be. It was, but it was also very confusing. Now, you guys at home saw a version of it, which was... Definitely a shit show. And I've written an article about it. It's at suitedmag.com. If you like it, please share it. But I, I put my emotions into that one because to me, Kev, this is the real fight. Like, I'm not at all vaguely interested in how the actual fight plays out. I was more interested in hearing how the shit talking played out. So, well, to for your, me. To your point, this could be more important than the fight because if it goes as the way it's been analyzed to go by professionals and by professionals Mm -hmm. i definitely mean hookers we're talking about a 12 round decision where mayweather gets it because it's kind of what he does picks you apart Mm -hmm. wins on points it's kind of his thing he would do great in ibjjf rounds that's (laughs) a subtle dig wow (laughs) both but he also has a fuck ton of experience boxing, which Connor has none of. And I know enough about jujitsu to know that if you're stepping into the place where that's all they've been doing, it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. So this might be way more important. And so far, I would argue the way they're acting is so stereotypically psychological towards, hey, this has to be a huge spectacle leading into it because the fight itself is going to suck. That's my pessimistic view of what we saw. Yeah, and I I really, for the love of me, want to get more invested about the actual fight, but I've learned from boxing, which is it's always going to disappoint you, so taper your expectations. And second of all, you know, I'm willing for all of the scenarios to happen, but apparently boxing is not. So... They Their analysts were terrible, Kevin. It's very rare that Brandon Schaub looks like a shining star, but compared to the rest of the stupidity that was going on, he looked great. Then on the other side, you know, the spectacle of it all. When I went to the Staples Center, they were combining music acts while they were waiting for an hour for their diva antics to get through. Um, it was basically – it was a roast with not comedians. And when you have a roast with not comedians, it really shines through, especially on day two and three when they just run out of material. It's less now, funny, I think it's more somebody, personal. <laughs> and I love the fact that when we predicted this, we said the minute people start mentioning money, see what happens. And sure enough, that's when the real shit talking happened. And I really want to bring this up because a lot of you guys thought that you know Mayweather was good in any of this. 
again, ladies and gentlemen, Kevin and I are speech and debate people. This was what we did for a living. This was rough. That man going up there and yelling, hard work, hard work, yeah, became a Dave Chappelle character right in front of our eyes. And it's hard to really take him seriously when that's the extent of what he can do. And if you're talking about power dynamics and forming Voltron, empty threats, because people are too concerned on getting sued, it doesn't mean anything. It was just a display of ridiculous nonsense. And when Connor was good, I'm talking backpack, you can't even fucking read good. Wow. Like, that was a that was a star-making performance on that night. Not to say he wasn't a star before, but that was the right place, right time. The next night, wearing, a, what, a polar bear coat and reciting notorious VIG lines? Womp womp. So by the time we actually got around to the ring, and there were supposed articles that said that the two of them took a jet together, all you could think of was, can this just be done? Fuck off to the person that wrote that, by the way. Come on. Mm. There used to be a little thing called journalistic doesn't matter. And that's Kev, when I'm things just saying, they were broke so K-Fan. small, they didn't matter. This is one of those mm. moments, like, we don't need to hear that. I don't need to hear every ingredient you put in the McDonald's cheeseburger. All I want to hear is the price and a shiny yellow wrapper. And they're like, oh, they rode a fucking jet together. They're practically handjobbing each other. Suck to hear from a perspective of selling this fight. I don't think they should have reported that part. I think they should have let it go. I mean, Kev, I don't really give a shit. Does that really take away from what you think is going to happen? <laughs> no, Does that really I'm destroy the image that you've got going on between these two? media savvy enough to know a lot of this is bullshit and that Connor's obviously, but... I, I liked it better when it was just like, why do you have to tell us they're riding in jets together talking this out? Like, And maybe they rode on separate sides of the plane. You don't know. <laughs> they probably do know. They probably have like a chart and a diagram. It's like, but this is where it was. There's so many little stories, Kev, that I, I wish we could get to them mm-hmm. when they were amazing. But it was it was a shit show of the first degree that went for four more days. People were grading them to figure out who won rounds, at which point I was like, really, do you think Mayweather actually showed up in any of these? I mean, Mayweather did so badly, he tried to send his dad in to do damage on Conor McGregor, and he got laughed at in the room. And he, McGregor, yeah. or I'm sorry, Mayweather Sr. had no idea why people were laughing at him. Now, he was trying to push the buttons, but he just got clowned by Conor McGregor. So when you look at all of these things, Kev, I have to say this. If we get into a shitty fight here, can we count these rounds for McGregor? Like, if we go the full distance, can these early rounds that Connor won, like, count on the scorecard? Yep. 100%. Okay. Probably not. <laughs> no. uh, I mean, there's no boxing rule I know of that would ever allow that. There's but no boxing rule. That's the only reason why I know that was of, important. Period. Other yeah. than it's normally a three-minute round. That's all I got. Anyway. If you guys want to see more coverage, you can go to suitedmag.com. It has plenty of my thoughts on there. I was very pleased to write them. And, Kev, I know you have a lot to catch up on. I hope you enjoy them as well. I do, and I've already started the guide. And it actually takes us into our social media awards this week, Raph, Mm. which we're going to chat with right just in a minute, Drew Dober. But before we get there, I want to give out the bronze, silver, and gold. Okay, go for it. The absolute social media challenge. The bronze goes to Joe Elgundy because he debated with you about Mayweather McGregor so lengthy, and I was impressed by he stayed articulate. 
and uh, anyone tried, that's yeah. willing to debate with you that long um, gets the bronze, not the okay. silver, because he's kind of wrong. He uh, wasn't no, he's super the same wrong, press, but that's okay. Same press conference I was. The senior was a complete win for McGregor. It, whatever you think happened, think about it in terms of not what you watch studying it, but what the press is playing. ESPN was playing him being like, you're a fan of my shit, senior. Like, that was what they were playing. So That's the takeaway. And don't forget wins. this, Kev. When prompted, he definitely looked over at him, and he's like, how much money do you have? How much money do you have? Well, I got more money than you. And he's just like, not anymore. I'm pretty sure after the tax man talks to him, I'm going to have more money than him. Slam dunk. Boom. That goes to all of your I'm super rich jokes. So... If that's one of the tenets that you lay the house upon for your foundation for argumentation, womp womp, wobbly table. Did you just say tenets and argumentation the same? I did, Joe. Yep, take that. <sighs> this is, uh, well, fortunately, this next one lets us talk about something we love. And mm-hmm. I am looking up the meme now because I didn't record mm-hmm. this person's name. But it's oh, no. in response to a certain jujitsu prodigy okay. uh, winning a certain Bellator fight. Actually, here it is, the silver Chris Carson. In response mm. to a meme you put out of Rafael Lovato yelling in the same manner Jean-Claude Van Damme did. Because mm-hmm. Rafael Lovato just uh, won his fight. Chris Carson mm-hmm. said, Chung Lee was weak in the gut. That, that guy was, was weak in the neck. I laughed a lot at that. Referring, of course, to the victory by Rafael Lovato Jr. over a tough opponent, but I- impressive. And I like that that guy was weak in the gut. This guy was weak in the neck. Very good. Uh, <laughs> in the blood sport. That might go in the next movie. That was in the dialogue. Def. Brett Boyds gets the gold medal this week <laughs> in response to the Johnny Tama esteem lock. And <laughs> in quotations, it said, don't know shit about BJJ. But this looks badass. <laughs> Rhett Boyds, congratulations. You have won the gold medal. <laughs> Don't know shit about BJJ, but this looks badass. And it was. Watch Johnny, Tom, Johnny Tama submit Jan Pikapu. <laughs> Jan Pikachu. Pow? No. Jan Pikapu. The Estima Lock is it's crushing. You can find all of this and more Verbal Tap cast, Verbal Tap MMA comedy podcast on Facebook, iTunes. Instagram, Twitter, smoke signal. Ladies and gentlemen, Drew Verbal Tap fans, we've talked about him. I've talked about his abs a lot. I mean, not necessarily with him around. Uh, and I have a few questions about that. We just interrupted video game time, which is dangerous with a UFC fighter. But fortunately, I think he's somewhere deep in the weight cut. So I think Raph and I combined could at least uh, fight enough that I think I could outrun Raph. And that's who he'd attack. Fighting at UFC 214 out of team elevation here in Denver, Colorado. UFC fighter Drew Dober. Drew, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing awesome. Sunday is the day of relaxation, so I got to do absolutely nothing today. 
So I'm feeling fantastic about that. Is that really nothing or fighter nothing where it's like, you know, I mean, I ran three miles and did a few sparring rounds, but other than that, nothing. No, I pretty much Sunday. I tried to like keep my feet off the floor. Awesome. (laughs) And video games help with that. You were in some PlayStation 4. What were you playing? Uh, I just beat, uh, was it Resident Evil Bioshock or Bio something? It's Resident Evil 7. All right. Congratulations. Just beat it. There's (laughs) more that makes these fighters than just what happens in the octagon. You know, they like to kick it after. You know. This is, uh, we're turning you into an NBA style player. People are now going to probably find you on the gaming sphere. Probably not. You're fighting at 214. How deep into the weight cut are you? You love food. <laughs> well, you know, the, uh, the browsing through food pictures and game planning post fight, um, shenanigans is definitely starting. So that's how deep <laughs> we're getting. Um, I still got one more week of training. So eating for some fuel, but next weekend is when it gets super serious. What is at the top of that food chain? Like, what nice. are you nice. dreaming of most? What's on your vision board right now, Dre? <laughs> oh, I guess a, what I'm saying. A food vision board. It's genius. Yeah. Um, actually, I, I'm going to be like super oddly uh, specific. What ended up on my checklist like first was Hash House of Go-Go in Vegas. And they got the mm. fucking giant-ass chicken and waffles. Yes. It it honestly is one of the best places to go. So that means that after California, to truly get your vision, you're going to have to start driving to Vegas. So does that mean a, a drive is happening out this way, or are you flying to Vegas? How does that work? So I'm flying to Vegas. I'm uh, taking advantage of the UFC Performance Institute, and while I'm out there, I might take advantage of some chicken waffles. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I, I love your mind. It's a business trip for there both business is. and business. Yeah. Of cool course. business trip. Uh, I'm gonna say that out. I love that you're you're also figuring out how you're gonna lose all of that weight because I've heard nothing but phenomenal things about the performance center. Uh, would this be the first time you've been there, or uh, well, since the retreat? I know they brought all of you guys on out there for that. Oh no, no, I've been out there actually twice. Uh, I was doing like a bunch of testing with them. Um, at the beginning of camp, um, in the middle of camp, and then we're do like the same test at the end of camp, just to kind of see like what my body does uh, throughout camp and uh, throughout the weight cut and stuff. Just kind of, uh, you know, adding some science to the theories. So when that happens, and I- I've seen like uh, videos of it, I've seen behind the scenes tours. It looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you? request time there do you put in like a formal request do you send like an email being like hello this is drew dober i would love to request an afternoon in the sauna and also all of your other mechanics actually they're they're pretty on point the the first trip was yes super formal like you know sincerely drew dober all that stuff but now since like I've, i've known that or i've met the staff members and um, we became friends. Now I just said, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to be out in Vegas. Um, looking to do this stuff. And then she was like, okay. And then I get a bunch of emails of all the, the, the scheduling that, you know, they do promptly. Kevin, I'm not sure if you picked that up, but I, I definitely did. Uh, Drew Dober definitely walks in, shoots the double guns with, uh, the hand gestures and then they just let him on in. I, I understand what's going on here, Drew. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. 
especially the chef. You got to get friends with the chef, and then he gets you. Um, you know, <laughs> I heard in an interview that Dana said that they made that happen with the on-site chef because they had too many meetings at In-N-Out Burger. <laughs> <laughs> And so that makes me wonder, Drew, have you ever had a UFC meeting at an In-N-Out Burger? Unfortunately not. Like, thoroughly, unfortunately not. Wow. You're, you are doing it love. wrong, sir. You should get that in, like, formal requests of something that you love and, like, have them bring you there. Yeah. So it sounds super blasphemy, but I prefer the Shake Shack. Get out. This interview is over. This was great. Drew Dober is coming to you. He's competing on some tournament or some. I don't know. We don't even care anymore. He's Drew? competing. No one bothered to look it up. Um, <laughs> I can interject. I have a few actual questions. No, not all. Not actual. I'm, I'm not even going to. I'm just trying to come between this. You know, a good referee mm-hmm. steps in. Raph has been <laughs> insulted. I don't know if everyone knows that at this current moment. It's going to be I'm okay. Insulted. I'm insulted by his lack of taste. Because uh, <laughs> State Shack, it, 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 it appeals to the Midwesterner in him that doesn't Omaha. know any better. He's from Nebraska. Dude, I, I felt the exact same way. You know, I was thoroughly insulted by In-N-Out's lack of taste. Oh, God. Listen, kid, kid, what? <laughs> I understand. You don't get to eat right now. What I'm going to do is, because I have your phone number and I have access to this now, I can now send you <laughs> photos of me eating whatever I want. Now, granted... Will I be in Anaheim when you are fighting? Yes. Will you be of sound mind? No. So, yeah, that is a little fearful. But, Drew, I just feel that you need to... It's a good meal. I'll give you that. But it's not better than (laughs) In-N-Out. So, in the interest of not fighting with you on my show, because we're going to edit out the parts where you're defending... Uh, whatever garbage you're trying to peddle here. Yeah, but at bro. least you didn't say five guys. So In- I'll give interview you Interview with Drew Dober. That's just Raph asking himself questions and getting upset about five <laughs> guys. It's going to be great. Well, that's fine, Drew. So the Performance Center looks amazing. So I'm glad that you're going to uh, spend some time in there afterwards. Um, that's a weird thing, though, that you would spend time there after your fight. Mm. You don't have any excuse to go to Vegas, right? <laughs> no, I'm uh, I'm just like thoroughly interested in uh, like the testing that the UFC Institute um, um, supplies us, and plus, you know, no matter what happens uh, during the fight, uh, most likely nothing. But UFC <laughs> uh, Performance Institute has uh, like a whole rehab system, so like whatever bumps and bruises I have, like they'll do all of that for free for the athletes. Wow. Okay. And That's what's the coolest part of this? Like, what's the part where you're like, it, it, it appears to have obviously um, appealed to your nerdy side, which is that they're studying you. Genius move by you, by the way. If the scientists really love you, it's going to be like, you know, I've got to stick around. You guys, like, <laughs> UFC needs me uh, for science. <laughs> what's, like, the bougiest part of this? Is there, like, a whirlpool you're looking forward to or some sort of secret acid room <laughs> we're talking about vegas here so probably That's the most bougie part is gotcha. has nothing to do with the institute okay. it's you get the <laughs> like the business done at the institute and then it closes at five and then you're in vegas Checking in the waffles. evening yeah okay taking a waffle yeah drew dober with that party boy attitude this is why we love young arrogant fighters they're the best he's headed out to vegas when are you flying out by the way 
is it immediately after the oh. fight? Do you give yourself like a day? What's your July thirtieth? Damn. Wait, yo. <laughs> <laughs> So, so like, it's pretty much UFC's thing where, like, they will literally kick you out of the city as soon as possible. When I fought in Berlin, um, my flight, uh, or, like, the, the charter to the airport was at 6 in the morning. And so I got done fighting. We, got we like, released from the green room, and it was, like, 1 in the morning. So I'm like, all right, so I can either get four hours of sleep or I can see what Berlin has offered. So, I mean, they really, you know send you on your way as soon as possible unless uh requested otherwise i've also been to <laughs> berlin and we'll talk about the sex club you visited for those five hours on a different podcast oh god <laughs> <laughs> uh not that i would have i'm just saying i heard about so them. drew i know you're in the middle of your your press tour if you would because obviously a stop is happening here but can i give some unsolicited advice Okay. Okay. Um, when, how do I put this? When doing press, maybe, just maybe, don't phrase things the following way. Because there is an article here by the Combat Press that says, UFC 214's Drew Dober, the quest for stupidly entertaining fights. <laughs> now. <laughs> I love it. I know I love you it. love it. I just like <laughs> why why are the embracement of stupidly entertaining, sir? <laughs> because let's be honest, um if I'm going to be entertaining for the fans, it will be hazardous to my health, which is no. partially stupid. <laughs> like I could play it safe and have boring fights and win and, and then like, yeah, you guys won't care. But if I, you know, bite my mouthpiece and swim and you know, bleed, sweat, cry, and all that stuff inside the cage. Yeah, you guys will love it. He's not, <laughs> well, he's not wrong. I mean, we're going to love you either way because we consider you family, but sure, he's, he's not wrong. His fights rock. <laughs> and they kind of... Sorry, Raph, go ahead. I was going to say they kind of have to to be on UFC 214. No, I get it. It's a really big card. Um, it's huge. It's the biggest have... card they've had for <laughs> MMA fans. Come on. We wouldn't well, want to see John Joe. Sorry, go ahead. I will say this though, Drew. Every time they do mention, uh, you know, UFC, they were mentioning like UFC two thirteen, and then I love when the UFC gives up on the card that's coming up next and already looks to the next one. <laughs> I also love that. I'm a big they're fan. like UFC two thirteen is this weekend, but UFC two fourteen is going to be monumental. <laughs> they don't even tell you to get your tickets anymore. There's just like two thirteen, two fourteen. Get your tickets tomorrow. <laughs> okay well now, i mean it is like a super stacked card though i mean i'm like extremely excited to get in the cage and get out just so i can enjoy the rest of the night like an average fan well okay now we're we're gonna come back to the the unsolicited advice and the other thing i saw here is that you know you're saying very nice things about your opponent and that's okay. You know, the fact that you guys get to meet each other at the Institute, that's cool. It makes for a good story. But <laughs> I love this. He's a true martial artist. I'm not big on animosity. False. Drew, you literally started a show with me telling me that you did not like In-N-Out Burger. Animosity. Live into that. <laughs> I, Dig in. I just speak the truth, you know? 
You know, as, as a martial artist, we're gonna live by honesty. Oh. Well, no, I, up here I have this, and it says <laughs> "stupidly entertaining." So, if I'm being honest, there's definitely one word that applies to your opinion on Eddie Burgers. But I digress. I just love it makes people nervous. Does animosity make you nervous? Also, keep in mind I just asked you that after calling you stupid. <laughs> like, yeah, any like animosity like gets people like tense, whether it's uh, you know anxiety or like anger or just you know, over the top emotions. It's like you get tense, you uh, you know expel too much energy. It's it's just not inappropriate for what we want to do. You know, Bruce Lee says you got to move like water and. Water isn't rigid and tight. Yeah, but Bruce Lee isn't about to make Conor McGregor money. So I know I've been asking this with a couple of people, and I want to ask this on, on your side as well. Isn't there somebody that you'd like to have a Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather press tour with? Or somebody that I would? Yeah, think I about that. I don't know. I mean, so like the, the Floyd Mayweather uh, and uh, like Conor McGregor press tour, it's super entertaining, but it's a roast. Like it's literally just a roast. <laughs> And I never really wanted to sign up for a roast. I mean, I feel like it's really, I was thinking about this today. It's really lacking like the, the Muhammad Ali smooth, intelligent wit, you know, it just has a whole lot of like loud noises and like, you know, abrupt insults. Like there's not really a whole lot of like, like super smooth wit. I mean, a whole bunch, like some of the stuff that Connor has said is extremely witty and awesome. But you know, after like four days in a row, there was more just gender than actual awesome material. But the important thing is, number one, you were watching. So there is some sort of appeal to it. But two, when you talk uh, about a roast and witticisms, you don't mean making it rain and making air horn noises of burr, 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 burr. That's not witty? <laughs> no. Okay. Like... If it's a roast, like leave it to like professionals, like comedians and stuff. Thank but you. these are two Stop fighters it. that are making their best attempts at being uh, comedians or or whatever they're attempting to do. Here's the way I compare it, though, Drew, and maybe this is kind of amusing in the same way that you'll understand in a second. Which is, I'm sure it's amusing to myself and Kevin in the same way when we're rolling with you, us attempting like a heel hook is amusing to you, and you're like, oh. You guys are adorable. You're trying the heel hook on me. My legs are like centaur legs. I'm going to be fine. Plus, you can't punch me. So this is easy. Right. kind of looks at us like that most of the role. Because that's the way I kind of felt about the tour is I looked over and just like you said with the roast. And we have a whole thing at the top section of this show. But like to me, it was just too long and too quick all at the same time. Like, they did it too fast all in this progression of four days. But if they had spaced it out, it probably would have been a little bit better. However, sticking to these guys who aren't comics and having them come up with new material every night, that's why you end up seeing Make It Rain and Voltron and going, oh, God, this is so dumb. Right. Yeah, I I can clearly agree with everything you just said. Uh, I mean, I think the first two nights were, were good. Um, and then, like the third and fourth, it just it just got kind of ridiculous. The, the third was where it the served third, its oh. purpose because mm. I'm going to be watching the fight. <laughs> oh well, were Drew, you not, <laughs> Drew? Hold on, I got it. Drew, were you not before this weekend? You were like, I'm going to need to hear more about this. And but after the presser, you changed. Oh, of course not. 
No, you were going to watch the fight prior. I do. Yeah, I definitely was going to watch. I will say, it's like any other Floyd Mayweather fight. Like I'm just going to go in with his awesome expectation that Floyd's going to finally lose, and then I'm going to be thoroughly disappointed. Oh, nice. See, I had a different reaction. It just felt like so much pomp and circumstance. But we'll uh, our PR advice aside, polar bears are a hot button issue, and we do not endorse anything like that on this podcast i want to be super clear ref did he say polar bears i thought he said panda bears i couldn't tell uh, which is which uh, either way i just want to be we support both types of bears absolutely polar and uh, panda. well i mean obviously like i said on our top section we cover it but i do want to add one thing to me which is this drew that to me was the fight because i don't know what the fight's gonna look like and i'm trying to side on the air of statistics and science even though i want magic and the lack of reason to still come through and give mcgregor the win yeah yeah it does, there's a lot of uh hopes in in conor mcgregor's performance but uh, most likely it's going to be a 12 round um unfortunate fight or lack thereof so you think it's going to go the, t- the full 12 rounds? You don't think a knockout's going to happen? Uh, I mean, I think, honestly, the only person I would get knocked out would be Floyd, and that's a really small, you know, percentage. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be a knockout. If I'm going to put my money on something, it'd be a decision, and unfortunately, like Floyd. But I'm extremely enthusiastic and in huge support of Connor knocking him out. <laughs> I love you being like, what a great PR answer of like, I throw my endorsement toward McGregor hurting him and knocking him out. Yeah. Right. Has the full Drew Dover uh, endorsement there. Well, okay. Well, enough about them. I'm just, I'm just saying, don't close the door to it. Let's think about it. Let's see if we can maybe start some fake animosity because really if they were on the same jet and that's what people were reporting this week, there's nothing that we could say that maybe, I don't know, you and a certain person, a good friend of yours, I don't know, just naming out random people, Kevin, who do you think he trains with that would make for a good fake feud? An internal, well, I'd like to say, you know, Matt Brown, but I want to think like, it's much more marketable if he and TJ got into it. Mm. Obviously, there's a weight problem, but the two pretty blondes, <laughs> there can only be one. That's what everybody see, always says. Kev, we're, if we're talking about like inter-gym feuds, mm-hmm. a feud with Neil Magny. That was awesome. going to be like yeah. the 170-pound trend. Like nice. Everyone on the roster is calling out Neil Magny. Because <laughs> I think it would be oh. fascinating... For you to call out Neil Magny and like have people scratch their heads a big like they're so wait aren't they teammates? He's gonna be in my corner, so I'm just gonna grab the mic and turn to my corner. (laughs) I want to find Neil Magny. That guy, (laughs) Neil, come over here. Put down my water bottle and my clothes and come up here and fight me. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin, I think we did it. I think we finally talked some sense into Drew Dober. We yeah, it took a long time, but this he's finally (laughs) turned around. Feels good. Feels good to get. Yeah, the to, worst part is, is uh, I feel like Neil Magny would take the like total friendship angle. It's like, why you got to do that, Drew? <laughs> is this about? And he it would in the corner. <laughs> he's like, is this about Bioshock? I didn't mean to lose that game. Like, it would get very personal, <laughs> very quick. <laughs> they do bring your opponent in now. That's that's what happens. 
Well, Drew, we have to ask you about Josh Berkman. That's who you're fighting. Yes. Uh, okay. I could have spent my time researching him. Obviously, we know Josh Berkman. I spent more time trying to write jokes about you and your abs in the new Baywatch movie. But <laughs> tell us about how fight prep's going. What are you expecting? You're you're the you're the faster fighter. It's going to be an interesting hey, matchup, but he's a tough guy. I am the more useful fighter. <laughs> a little bit. Scotch. Scotch. I think, uh, you know, camp, it's, you know, like, wh- like whoever I'm fighting, I-, I try to worry more about what I'm doing and not what he's doing. Um, I mean, Berkman got, you know, uh, renowned for being like a grinding wrestler. But now being re-signed with the UFC, he's been standing in vain for 15 minutes. So I don't know what Berkman's going to show up. I, you know, he switches stances quite a bit. I, I just think he's he's decent at everything. But um, I've just been improving myself. It's going to be a different Drew Dober getting in the ring. He's not going to be ready for it. And if he plans on, uh, you know, playing punch face with me, um, I think my chin can hold up. Ooh. Kev? <laughs> Yeah, well, I was going to ask... take punch face because no, uh, I definitely. Okay. Actually, yeah, let's hear about it. Is punch okay, face? Let's a, do it. Is punch face a thing? <laughs> is playing punch face how we should be describing it if we want to sound cool? <laughs> well, if you want to, you know, have stupidly entertaining fights, it would be playing punch face. <laughs> punch face. <laughs> how long have you been calling it punch face? Because do punch face sounds punch like. Face? Yeah, do other people call it? And and second follow up question, like. Does it not sound like something foreigners say, like an Australian's like, oh, yeah, we're going to play some punch face? Yeah. Punch face or epic fisticuffs or. Oh, epic fisticuffs, <laughs> I get. Is punch face something other people say or is that just a Drew Dober mannerism? I think Mark Hunt said it first. Perfect. I was like, yes, that's exactly what we do. <laughs> There's your role model. That's a great role model. Mark Hunt's still knocking people out. Though, well, I'm just jealous that like I'm kind of not Mark Hunt. I mean, he's a heavyweight, and he's like 5'10", knocking people out. And it was like, that's awesome. He has stupidly he entertaining fights all the time. All the time. And he doesn't have to cut weight. Like, literally, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> One day, Drew. One day you'll live the dream. He's got bees. One day. Uh, I'm just not Samoan, though. You aren't. No, dude. You aren't. <laughs> what were you doing in 2003? What was I doing in 2003? Just a I think I was trying to get out of the eighth grade. Okay. <laughs> well, that's when Josh Berkman lost his first fight. <laughs> so I'm just oh. bringing up a reference. He's 37. <laughs> so maybe that's also when I lost my first fight. <laughs> hey. <laughs> You don't know. This was in the cage. That would. Yeah, I, I've been to your Wikipedia page. It doesn't say anything about being bullied in the eighth grade. Um, but I'd be happy to add that as a friend if you want to write me a, a little note that just says, hey, if you could add this like in a Comey-style way. So that's good. Um, I like your your chances. How do I do the rap? I want to I want to do the thing where I insult old fighters without insulting old fighters. It's going to be rough, but go for it. Uh, obviously, you're going to win in the energy department. <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, are you planning on, and we have to ask this as people that grapple because we're just not tough enough to fight with our fists. Are you planning on knocking him down and trying to get in one of those quick submissions 
that people get. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Do the knockdown, get in, sink in the submission, see if, you know, maybe Elliot Marshall is just a little bit nicer to you the next week. <laughs> so that would be preferable. Unfortunately, my last go around, I knocked the guy down and dove in for a finish, and it ended up, you know, being my uh, impending doom. So I think I'm just going to enjoy the knockdown and possibly let him back up. Uh, well, I want to just say to the grappling community, I tried. You know, I did my best. And I want to say to the Muay Thai community, you're welcome. Look out. <laughs> if uh, Josh goes down, sounds like Dober's a little salty about what happened, and he's ready for that. That's just uh, my yep, hot take. Incredibly. <laughs> Ooh, incredibly. I like this. Hey, do you guys talk about how you're going to talk smack at Team Elevation? Can you tell me that on the record? Um, I think in general, Team Elevation is not good at talking smack. Oh, and okay. so we, uh, we like talk about having ideas, and then you should just shrug them off. I mean, like <laughs> our team leader is Neil Magny. Like, I don't think he said a mean thing in his life. <laughs> That's... Okay, so if you had a team leader that was also like a part-time comedian is what I'm I'm getting at. Well, I'll work on it. I'll work on finding Kev, are someone. you trying to give yourself a job over there? <laughs> I'm because just, you hey, live in the maybe Denver they area? need someone to just sit up there and talk shit during practice. I don't know. That might be helpful. Kev, I fear, like, you and I were on our best behavior when Drew brought us uh, over uh, to the Muscle Farm because we were like, we talk too much shit and we're training today. And the more that we keep our mouth shut, the more we'll live. Yeah. I even reverse talk shit to Matt Brown on accident because he was uh, just coming to roll. And I was like, you know, obviously we're, we're respectful of your career. Let's just train. I'm not trying to kill you. He's like, well, you think you're going to hurt me? Like, oh, well, I didn't mean to do this. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> so let's just go for it. But I just okay now, Kev. I'm going to send you something over here. I think this is an important discussion point because Kevin mentioned, and he's trying to do it the nice way, which is uh, Berkman's a little older, right, Drew? We can say that. That's a fact, right? Yes. Okay. I just sent <clears throat> Kevin the promotional photo. Now, Kev, does it look like they aged up Drew and aged down Josh in that photo? It does look like they've done some Photoshop work to his beard. I can see that being a little off and darker, which I don't leads... think so. Because when I post that, people always ask me, how old is your opponent? <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's fair. But like, I'm talking about like some of the Photoshop that they did to make them a little bit more youthful. Whereas like with you, like you don't look as got as you did, but they definitely like did the Photoshop thing where it made it look like you kind of got bit by a vampire. They hid but you're your still abs. in pretty good health. Yeah, they hid your abs. They darkened your eyes. They're they're trying to hide. These are yeah. just some Photoshop tricks to try and diminish your age. Because uh, and UFC sex sells, right? Switch positions here, Raph. <laughs> what what is going on with this poster? Let's uh, put the abs up front. Let's just remember. I mean, Drew, if we're being honest, when uh, when we finished rolling, there was definitely a moment where Kevin was like, "Raph, can I can I be honest with you?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "I was rolling with Drew. I'm a little disappointed I didn't see abs. I just thought you'd be doing it ADCC style. I guess I realized <laughs> it wasn't coming in 
How well, no gi are we rolling? <laughs> well, the, the, here's the thing, Drew. As much as I'm, you know, I want to give Kevin, you know, shit for what he's saying. I've heard from reliable sources, and I won't say who they are because I'm not that kind of journalist. But they might own an organization that has a grappling tour kind of feel to them. You might have to continue fighting until you get a certain win. <laughs> that might be a person of notable uh, interest to you. And they told me, they're like, yeah, you can't pay Drew enough to put on a shirt. No. Okay. I'm, I'm currently shirtless right now. <laughs> Wearing shirts is overrated. I think like adulting is overrated. So I tried to go like as far in the opposite direction, which is no clothing, playing video games. Fair enough. So I like the the fact that you're pushing back on Kevin and being like, "Well, how noki are we?" When in actuality, I'm like, like the, Drew, you're the last person to be able to pull off that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, Drew was he, Drew did that one look when we were going out to train. He was just kind of like, "Are we are we doing a rash guard?" Because like, I mean, I, I did some sit ups. <laughs> Well, the only reason that the shirt was on is if you remember, I was wearing like the Fujita, like Saiyan armor, uh, like no gi, like rash guard. Yes. So it was impressive. That's fair. You, you had did abs have... built in. <laughs> Drew's like, these are so much better. Oh, thank God. I can eat like a normal person. Uh, and I will just say before this podcast, just because I knew Drew was coming on, I did try and do a good core workout. Just a lot of leg lifts, just a quick 50. <laughs> Uh, I just, you did sound out of breath when you answered. Yeah, I did. <laughs> that was what a fucking athlete diss. <laughs> uh, Normals, well, you guys sounded a little out of shape and fat. If I'm being honest, not all of us get to go to the UFC Performance Institute oh, and do coke off a stripper's ass at night while it's getting fine. our bodies studied. Like I don't have that luxury, Drew. Damn it. <laughs> It's all right, Drew. Here's the thing. All you have to do is next time when you train with Kevin, all you have to do is look at him and just be like, hey, buddy, you doing some sit-ups? And he's going to feel so much better. I promise you. (laughs) I did. They consult you before they made the Baywatch movie or were you just an abs coach? How were you not in that? I haven't seen you as an extra listed because I can't swim. Oh, okay, sure. Okay. Neither can yeah, Zach Efron. People, I mean, come on. I literally would just like yell my lines from the beach, <laughs> but I would look Drew, good doing it. You shouldn't have drowned. You you wait, that's wait. not a terrible Drew, this lifeguard. Is, this is a very important note. You can't swim. No, I can swim, just not well. Oh, okay. Like, like I'm currently trying to save my life, so I'm I'm not gonna save anyone else's. That's what my swimming in is is just survival. <laughs> That's great. Oh, man, Drew, we, we're getting into the deep cuts here. What I, are your fears, Drew? I guess my logic was oh, my. Could just oil him up and make him an extra, but this did get more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> How deep are we going? Like, what are my fears? I just like the idea that you were just like, Raph, um, if, we if we were in a boat, I wouldn't save anybody. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd just leave. I'm just saying, like, go. there's like a flight and fight mechanic and like, sure. like flight is never on my mind. If I'm swimming, running or bicycling, run in the same direction I'm going because there's a reason. <laughs> well, Drew, I'm glad that I you don't, I don't do it leisurely. 
Sure. <laughs> Run sure. No, in as the same direction. Do. That might terrify. The, to the people of Denver, let's all just keep an eye out <laughs> if Drew Dover's doing something crazy. Okay. <laughs> so, Drew, over. okay. Now we're starting to get to this. You know, we're about that two weeks away. Uh, so this week's the hard week of training. And then after that, like, what what is happening that week after you stop your hard training? And, like, is it hard to stop hard training because even though there's, like, a week left, like, you just want to – I sure feel like you could go all the way to the end. But smartly, you know, you got to kind of pull back a little bit. But is, it, is that instinct there to continue wanting to train? Um, yes and no. So, of course, there's, like, the – like, when you put together a eight- or ten-week camp, I mean, at this point, I mean, you've tried to, you know, maintain the motivation. So towards the end, this is like you're so done with training, and all you want to do is just compete. You just want to fight, right? So when they say last day of training, you're like, oh, thank God. Um, but yes, after like Saturday and Sunday, yeah, you get to kind of the itch and the, the fire back that you want to like, uh, you know, start punching people again. But um, it's it's something you want to like contain and hold until Saturday night. And so what I've always done, you know, is a week of it's, you know, I don't uh, train intensely. I don't uh, spar. I don't roll. I don't do anything. Like, it's literally just shadow boxing, jump rope, or cardio. Just enough to cut the weight, but still holding on to that, like, the, you know, intense uh, fire to, like, physically harm somebody. <laughs> Good so to know. Okay. You're ready. He sounds, at least, in terms of fight plan. Etc. Yeah. So I mean, that's what I've always done. Just a week of just a whole lot of nothing. I I sightsee. I literally just t- use that week as just you know, like the average person just walk around, sightsee, hang out, and stuff like that. Uh, just avoid the the food. But um, this time around, I just recently hired a George Lockhart, and so mm. I'm just gonna follow his plan and see how that goes. Like when you follow his plan, what's considered a treat? under that kind of regimented uh dieting if you would oh what's a treat you said yeah like what's the thing because like this is my favorite thing about people who diet or people who take plans is like they're like oh and then you get a leaf that's your treat (laughs) well i heard through the grapevine that george lockhart will actually make uh like macaroons like like coconut macaroons for a fight week because all it is is just like protein and fat so that sounds like an awesome treat but we'll see because i'm kind of a little fat kid who cuts a ton of weight so he might just give me a leaf <laughs> that's so sad <laughs> if you see him hand out other things and being like and for you a macaroon and for dober well, you know what you did right <laughs> yeah. and for dober there's direction for the treadmill <laughs> bad and you know what the sad part is your frame you're just kind of a stockier guy so sometimes that's not always your fault you know yeah yeah no i understand i like and like we already like hit on in the beginning of this interview it's like the lower body of a horse so like the sad part is like like weight like uh visually like weight is um usually looked at through like height and frame there's upper body frame and and then heights well i have like neither all my weights on like my lower body. So when we do like the face off photos, I am not like wider nor taller than my opponents. And they're like, man, you must fight at 35 or 45. Like, no, I have this C 
huge badonkadonk that weighs like 50 pounds, and I have to prune it every time I make 55. It just makes me laugh because, Kev, and you'll know this, uh, Drew's one of the few people who, when you are attacking his legs or you're, you're setting up those things as you're trying to transition, I think he's one of the few people I've ever rolled with who's like, yeah, dude, do whatever you want to my legs. Not you can't lift up. them up. Yeah. It's too, I'm too heavy. <laughs> and he's just looking at me like, yes. dude, I can't even pick up those legs sometimes, so you do it. Thanks. That's a big help to me. And as a Balls are practically impossible, and so are triangles. So yeah. <laughs> as much as it's hard to move my legs, I, I also know how hard it is to move my legs. So they're not going to be wrapping up around your head anytime soon. <laughs> That's fair. That's good to know. That is That is good. All right. It's also hard to find jeans that fit with a big ass and uh, mm. somewhat of a waist. I'm just going to say that out loud. Jeans and cargo <laughs> shorts. There's just no way to understand what they're going to look like. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank God for flex fit. I'm going to say it out loud. <laughs> I'm say it out loud. Which I need to get that like the, with like the, the barbell jeans yeah. to like, sponsor me or something. Because Ooh. I'm going to be completely honest. I went through two pairs of jeans after my last fight. Really? Yeah. Because my legs tend to get bigger, apparently, after after competition. So those jeans are holding on for dear life. Oh, Drew, I love the problems you have. I just, I've got so much power in my legs. So much authority. You guys, you don't understand. That, uh... Raph, with your chicken legs, you don't get it. It's fine. <laughs> but then I look like the smaller individual in every face-off, just because they just show everything from the waist up. Yeah, it's time to start getting these face-offs. Calf up, you fucking assholes. Exactly. I'm just going to walk in with, like, some Daisy Dukes on, and I'm going to make sure that the the, the face-off picture is just (laughs) full-bodied. Like, oh, I guess Drew should fight at 170, like, looking at those calves. Look at I look just, at the ham Christmases on those. This guy, yeah. he's I think we, it's like his knees are getting burst. <laughs> but like to be fair though, Drew, that is unfortunate because you spent all the time working to get your abs in shape, and I'm pretty sure like for that split second you do the stare off and the weigh in, you're kind of like, but can we appreciate this more because of food? Food hasn't happened in my stomach for a while. <laughs> How does? Looking that lean feel. Most of the time, hungry. <laughs> Starving, actually. We should also, it should say the fighter's favorite food above it so we know how oh, hard yeah. the weight cut was. That's an easy yeah. fix, UFC. God, idiots. Somebody get on it. Because, you know, if somebody puts uh, plain chicken sandwich, like, fuck that guy. That guy doesn't eat anyway. Someone's like, I don't like mayo. It's like, oh, blow me. But if uh, above Drew's, it's like chicken and waffles. Like, that guy went through hell to get here. I'm impressed by his weight. Well, keep in mind, under Dober's, it would be like Shake Shack. And it's be like, we know. We don't get it either. But more power to him. (laughs) But still a fat kid choice. So let's all. Still definitely a fat kid choice. Maybe like the third best burger out there. But we we don't make judgments here. (laughs) You're ridiculous. Yeah, you're past. I'm just, you know what it is? I'm going to do this, Drew. Um. The week of, I'll send you nice photos. But then on the photo, I'm going to put like a countdown calendar for your week of. And it's going to be like days till fight punch or punch face. Because I feel like that's a good motivator. It's going to be like, dude, you're seven days away from punch face. And then this amount of days till chicken and waffles. 
Exactly. Yeah. And then <laughs> that's the, like, that's uh, the next time. I mean, it's going to be a hell of a week, a weekend. It's like punch face and chicken and waffles. Yeah. <laughs> Though, that's Ophelia's... Like how manly can you get? Ophelia's Electric Soapbox, soapbox Lounge here in Denver does some fantastic brunch chicken and waffles just throwing that what is it soapbox ophelia's i'm gonna write it down ophelia's o-p-h-e-l-i-a-s they have live music there they do a jazz brunch we could go together drew these are the types of things we can do when you're able to eat again just let me know absolutely and then kevin is excuses to come out to la well you've got kevin over here so kevin's in in the Denver. denver yeah so he's with you over there. That's so that's a great oh, fat kid. Experience. Talk about chicken and, waffles and, downtown. Oh, so now if you're Drew, in Denver, then we're talking about burgers. Like, have you been to Cherry Cricket? Uh, no, I haven't been to Cherry Cricket. No, the dirty, awesome things that they do to burgers is tremendous. King, uh, what was it called? Like, we're having this Shake Shack in and out argument, but let's be honest, like Cherry Cricket's the way to go. Cherry Cricket. Okay. Found it. Uh, big fan of Park Burger, so we can chat as we as we move about this. Uh, and here's the thing, Drew. If you, you could do this, it's kind of like a make-a-wish thing. But Drew and uh, I start our Denver food blog. Just go on, Rap. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? If Bourdain can come into jiu-jitsu, who's to say we can't say Kevin and you into the food world? <laughs> Headed towards the food world. I love it. Uh, Drew, yeah, if you could do this, this great make-a-wish, because Kevin's a little injured right now. He cannot do some of the jiu-jits, and it hurts him deeply. So if you could do me a solid and take him for food out that way to delicious, delicious hamburger food, that would be the best. I think you you would do him wonders. Chicken cricket. Cherry cricket. <laughs> now, meantime. Uh, yeah, I, I you're think gonna it's to, a mutually beneficial wish. Now, here's the thing. You have to now deal with me the week of. So I'll be out there covering uh, UFC 213. So for all the fight stuff and all the the press and whatever. Um, So you have to pretend to know who I am. So don't walk by me. I'm going to make fun of you if I see you and you don't make full eye contact. I'm going to be like, Drew, how dare you walk by me? And then I'm going to start insulting your abs. And I'm a little terrified because when you're in fight week, Kev... Uh, the fighters do have a little bit more edge to them. I believe it. Even yeah. even the dreamy-eyed Dober. <laughs> just... <laughs> well, Drew, please recognize Raph. Stop, take a photo, answer some of his journalistic questions. We love it when you swing by the podcast. Uh, UFC 214, Team Elevation, UFC fighter, Drew Dober, Drew, thank you for swinging by the podcast. And uh, do you need Raph to sneak you any snacks during that time? Because this is a good time to tell him that, too. Unfortunately, he's going to have to try to steal all the snacks away from me so I can make the weight. <laughs> okay, Raph can do that, too. Raph, Drew, no, do I have, no eating ice cream in front of Drew. Do I have full permission to slap food out of your hand? I think I think the job now is I have to live vicariously through Raph. So Oh, perfect. He's going to have a pretzel and a Sunday waiting and he <laughs> might just mix them. <laughs> I really hope Drew comes up to me and goes, Raph, eat it. 
They'll be like, oh, okay, thank you. I'll, I'll eat it in a second. No, in front of me. Just keep in mind of the other monsters that you're going to be surrounded by. I don't think Daniel Cormier is going to like it very much. <laughs> well, I, yeah. know, I know I won't be eating Popeyes around Daniel Cormier. He's and so I know I won't be doing cocaine in front of John Jones. Guys, it works out. <laughs> it's, uh, it's all about picking your choices. Verbal exactly. Tap fans, we have to get him out of here. He's professionally needs to either go play video games or go to bed or one of the two. It's hard Uh-oh. to tell. Fighter, UFC 214, Team Elevation, Drew Dober. Thank you, guys. Former pro wrestler, current pro jiu-jitsu athlete, uh, among other things. Also CEO and tireless pursuiter of Underground Gym find it in lee summit missouri fighting at chokes by the ocean which has been stuck in my head since i heard the fucking title nice job cat clark the chokes by the ocean gets stuck like the cake by the ocean song quickly um you're fighting someone who i'll try and pronounce the name joel jacquard no way jack it doesn't matter soon to be loser to travis conley of kcbjj t money how are you doing this evening I'm doing fantastic. You're a father now. So do you remember how to I do jujitsu still? You remember rash guards, no gi versus gi, the whole grips thing? Absolutely. My son is actually, he's in the gym with me every day at underground gym. And he's fascinated when I'm training or doing a lesson. He just stops and watches. So he keeps me on my toes, actually. Pretty freaking amazing. Yeah. So all I hear is that there's going to be a brown belt <laughs> in my near future that's a nightmare or a yellow belt. Are you going to – okay, you I, do wrestling I and jiu-jitsu. Already promo- I actually already promoted him to black belt like a month ago. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Someone's hasty. with the. Yeah. <laughs> they're not waiting for that strife to get promoting. Uh, <laughs> are you going to start him in wrestling or jujitsu, or are you just going to keep bringing him and assume he'll be doing all three, uh, weightlifting yeah, being the be third doing, kid? Yeah, he'll be doing all of them. I mean, whatever he wants to do, but he'll be doing I'm calling it early. Whatever, whatever he wants to do, really. He's going to be a great basketball player. That's going to be all he cares about. I can see it already. Oh, God. <laughs> it's going to be a direct shot. Uh, uh, jiu-jitsu, too. No, I'm joking. If he's got Conley blood, he'll obviously uh, be interested in the mats. Are we booking a super fight now for when he's five? Because Raf, mm-hmm. Raf's available. Yeah, we could do it. Like We could do it when he's probably three or four, honestly. At this rate, yeah. Mm, mm, yes, yes. No, I hear it. It's coming along. I hear it. Um, I, I put a condition out. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. I want to hear the shit talk first, but go on. No, it wasn't. It was actually, I was going to be serious. He's he's the freaking happiest, smiliest kid ever. He's he's awesome. He's, <laughs> everybody that sees him says he's, he's, you know, makes a comment about him. When we were in down in florida like we just get comments from strangers like constantly so he's pretty special pretty awesome 
Well, good on you, dude. I mean, so, does like, it? What, what were you gonna? You were gonna shit talk? Is that what you're? Yeah, saying? I was absolutely gonna <laughs> shit talk your son. We're still uh, going to. I, Don't worry. Like, there's he's, no problem with that. If he's gonna beat me up, we can talk smack on him <laughs> no, now. <laughs> Those are the rules. No, no, no. I get it. I get it. Older age has definitely uh, changed your trash talking abilities, Travis, and and the fact that you become a father has definitely uh, changed the way you go about it. Now you take the route of like, no, my son, he's so laughable and. He's full of life, but go on, you piece of garbage, Raph. Say what you were going to say. <laughs> I get it. I just like the fact that in a text chain between the three of us, you guys were already starting to set up a super fight between me and your child, and now you're saying it's going to happen at three. And my one condition, and I want you to say what my one condition was, because I think it's an important condition, and uh, why don't you say what that is, though, Travis? What's, the, what condition? The condition I said was, as long as there's no run-ins yep. from his father, I'm okay with the super fight <laughs> no with three to oh, five. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, see, I even forgot about that. There, there doesn't need to be any run-ins. That's fine. Uh, hey, you heard it here. This is a gentleman's agreement. That's fine. Uh, those are the conditions. However, uh, my new condition is also, once he gets to the age of eight, uh, null and void. No super fight at that point. I figure he's got enough training. So. Yeah, I completely agree. I want nothing to do post-10. Uh, why are you wrestling defensive ends for the Cincinnati Bengals, by the way? <laughs> oh, uh, actually a pretty cool story. He uh, Somebody got a hold of me that I know um, at K-State. He's actually a professor and said, hey, this guy wants to cross-train. So I got linked up with him. And I don't like... You know, I take everything with like a grain of salt. I'm like, oh, this guy's, you know, I, I, you hear a lot of talk a lot of times. But then this guy called me. He's like, hey, my agent's going to buy some sessions from you. I want to cross. And I'm and then I'm still like, okay, whatever. This guy shows up and he's 6'5", 265 pounds. This was uh, like back in April, I think, or even May. So this is a while ago. And I'm just like, holy shit. Like, you know, and then I start training this guy. And he literally does everything, like, to a T, like, perfectly. He's the most athletically gifted, the most, you know, just insane freak athlete I've ever trained. And he's the nicest guy ever. He's, a, he's just a beast. And so I've been training him since, uh, since then. And he got drafted the third round to the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. So he's going to be starting next year, most likely. And uh, he's actually leaving after next week to go to camp and, uh, you know, go to Cincinnati. But anyway, I just got him. I've been teaching him a lot of things. And then we finally, like, I got him to the point where I'm like, okay, let's just roll around. And then two days later, we rolled again. And on this third day, he was like, can we do, do jujitsu? I was showing him arm drags and certain things from the feet. And he was like, can we do jujitsu? And he was just hooked. It was, just, it was hilarious. It's funny. But anyway, yeah, I rolled with that first day. I rolled with him, or I don't know if it was the second day. It's like 45 minutes straight. And he's just like, it was literally like like I was wrestling against an actual Bengal tiger. It was insane. <laughs> um, Travis, can I, six five. can I bring up a good question here? My yeah. question is very simple. Um, are you aware that you're not supposed to teach people who are over like 225 jujitsu because you why broke the rule, man, like Fuck. you don't need to do what do they need it for? Yeah. I never knew that rule. It's just, <laughs> I'm just weaponizing him. That's all I think about. 
weird. I'm just saying I thought you were a black belt, but whatever. Was that a Teach Terminator her. reference? I yeah, no, I'm not I, sure if he's... <laughs> I just there's a great amount of people at my office who expect me to always come in with a Schwarzenegger line like every once in a while. And so one of their favorite things to do is to do a Schwarzenegger, uh, Mr. Freeze puns. And I'm like, you know, the Travis (laughs) Conley I know, I would have loved to have seen him react to the Mr. Freeze puns, given that your real love of Schwarzenegger comes from Conan and the 80s and that sort of essence, that pure him like Terminator 2. But what was your reaction when you saw Batman and Robin and the 9,000 puns from Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh, it, it's hilarious. Like, that's <laughs> He's not defending even, that's it. Not even a, Immediately defending That's not it. even a question. What's the better <laughs> question is what did I think when I saw Junior, you know? I mean, come on. Sure. <laughs> There's, uh, he has a run. When Arnold, when Arnold implants a egg in his stomach and he becomes <laughs> pregnant, I mean, that's that, be honest. You could argue it was the most <laughs> acting he ever did, if we're just throwing it out there in terms of uh, challenging roles. Arnold as a feminine Actually, pregnant person. Yeah, it was terrible. Actually, I just saw his most recent one, Aftermath, and it's based on a true story of two planes colliding and uh, the tower guy who was responsible, and he goes and he avenges it and everything. And it's just like the most sad, depressing movie ever. It was actually really good acting, but the story was just terrible. You got to celebrate the guy's entire collection. So I watch them all. I celebrate his entire collection. They're all good. And I mean, good. You really, too. you do because I felt bad for you after the last couple Terminators. You you seemed a little a little down. Oh, they're terrible. Yeah. But but you did yeah. show up, and but, I do appreciate that you do. You'll see it, and you'll be like, okay, let's do it because you were a noted. Schwarzenegger ologist, and uh, yeah. I, I appreciate Terminator that. Genesis. Terminator Genesis is like most of them. I'm like, oh, you know what? That's like it's okay. What you know? It's it's, it's really bad, but that's like it's beyond that. Like I'm I'm never gonna watch that again. It's just I can't believe something can be produced, made, and gone through, and that's that bad. Terrible. Can we bring up a a happy Schwarzenegger memory? And that's 2013's The Last Stand. Where he kills yeah, that's it. A great one. That's a fantastic movie alongside Johnny Knoxville. It's uh that's just good stuff. So there's a lot that unites us here, is my only point. <laughs> <laughs> T Buddy Training uh draft pick to teach them jujitsu, I have only one question. Gi or no gi? No gi. Oh. Fuck off. Raf, I'm done. I don't. I don't even want to be a part of the interview anymore. No, I get. I get it, Kevin. I can't I even ju- collar saying, choke him. Great. No. Great. No, no. 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 Kev. Kev. That's how he's teaching him. If oh. uh, Travis were to make a recommendation for you to roll with the guy, he's one hundred percent saying, "Yeah, put on a gi and try to not get killed." Or he, cr- yeah. <laughs> he just crashes. What do you do with a two hundred sixty-five pound draft pick? By the way, who's new? So I'm curious because he can hurt you physically, but obviously grappling wise, he probably can't what do you do what's your defense like well you know like the certain position he didn't understand like any of the positions and the objectives of what you're supposed to do so lc was working on his boxing lc davis was teaching him boxing i was teaching him and a little bit of wrestling and i was teaching him more greco-roman like ties and um you know just leverage 
Awesome. And then, you know, from the feet and just working on arm drags and certain things that are going to be directly applicable you know, to a defensive applicable. end. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. Sounds, and yeah. then, uh, and then I was mixing in a little bit of jujitsu because I wanted to, you know, you don't want to turn somebody off and be like, get on your back and let's, let's, you know, <laughs> get on just, your back and let's, yeah. let's work some guard and do some triangles and arm bars. But yeah. I've gotten him, I've gotten him to that point. And like I said, like, and then I finally introduced him to it and I'm like, let's just roll around. It's just, we're going to practice being uncomfortable, you know? And, and then he just, he just took to it. He's taken to everything. He's just, he is like a Terminator. Honestly, I've said that when I first started training him. I'm like, this guy, I'll just say do that, and he just does it. He's like, he just says yes and does it. Like, he's he's a machine. Seriously, it's just it's awesome. That's probably why I like him so much because he just I was like, this is a real life Terminator. <laughs> he he loved the Last Patrol. He was also well, a big into... Kev. Just to let you know, as soon as he passes guard, he's like, I'm here to find Sarah Connor. <laughs> that's that's in there which is really. just like weird you don't need to oh okay i guess he is a tournament i don't know Perfect. whatever yeah or mm. it's the other way he dropped a mm. weight on his foot and trevis was like oh my god are you okay he's like what are you talking about <laughs> like i just dropped a 45 pound barbell on your foot <laughs> which travis does a lot as a professional trainer he definitely drops weights on people that's obviously sure how he got his reputation that's how you to, can find uh, him he's got great private lessons just yeah. drops everything on Check you no big Yelp deal crew people are, people are that's how you get defensive ends obviously now kev here's the thing what to you when you hear chokes by the ocean or the sea or whatever yeah. when you hear this how do you think travis got involved in the card we can easily ask the we guest, could, but that's not as we fun. could. He's gonna tell us, but that's it. not as fun. And you know him; you've known him for so long. For I want while. you to tell us how he got on that card, Kevin, as if you were Travis. Go. Yeah. Well, knowing Travis as I do, this was a pure luck thing. It has nothing to do with the years of mm. grappling, sambo training, and international stage work he's done. This was just probably Cat Clark not paying attention mm. and thinking. Does anybody know anybody? And so he was like, have you talked to this guy? That guy canceled. So then he found T-Money and was like, oh, sure. I guess somewhat marketable. Might be able to talk to people. And he asked Travis. Travis was like, go fuck yourself. And then he wrote him a fat check, made it happy Gilmore size, sent that. And that's why Travis accepted the fight. That's just my guess. Travis, uh, how accurate is that story? Oh, that's like like probably 67% accurate. I don't know. Oh, it's not bad. Two accurate. out of three. Two out of three Kevin words. That's not bad. Uh, Travis, why don't you go and tell us the real story or quote-unquote real story? Quote-unquote. Uh, well, Kat, I've, I think I followed like one of the first shows he put on, and I saw the – I think the main event was uh, Michael Liera versus – um, the Marcelo Garcia guy. I'm, I'm terrible with names, Denise but Tonko or, or whatever. Yeah. You know, yes. you guys know I know who about. you're talking about. Yes. You guys are the jiu-jitsu guys. Um, but anyway, I saw that. And so he's been putting on just awesome, awesome events. And we just kind of talked ever since. And he's always been like, man, I want to get you up here. I want to get you up here. And I think at the, around the beginning of the year, um, it was going to originally be like a Kumite, like a tournament. And so I was like, Hey, I'm in. And, and then, uh, and then it's kind of morphed into just, you know, just exhibition, like super fights. And so, yeah, he's, he's an awesome guy. Um, and I was just like, man, I'll, I'll come up, I'll do it. And that's really it. And it's pretty simple actually. 
And so it's an opportunity to see. You guys know me. I like I like traveling. I like going into foreign territory and new territory and, and testing out testing out the skills and taking on new challenges. So that's what I see this as. And it's going to be an adventure. It'll be another chapter. If I can be so bold as to tell people, if you don't know uh, Travis Connolly, uh, he does on his Facebook have one of the most unique uh, albums that he basically keeps a running through piece. So every time he goes to a new place, it like updates and it shows like he'll put the photos in that album. And if you look at it in just the places he's been and uh, the spectacle and the the photos are so much uh, perspective as to where it is you're going and what That's it is insane. you're doing. And uh, what is it the album that you call it, sir? It's the just the Journeyman album. It's just the from when I started jujitsu and and just any kind of grappling and all the places I've been and just I try to only put like unique or interesting places, training, tournaments, everything because it's just. As you guys know, it's it creates a lifestyle and the people you're around, the places you see, the food, the culture, the the tournaments. It's just you know, and everywhere it's so different. So I just kind of try to create a unique, like legitimate slideshow. If you click through, it's like a you know, a legitimate slideshow of a little bit of history and everything mixed in there. And it's taken you. Huh, fuck, a lot of countries, a lot of places. And it's also something, and that's kind of the fun part, so check him out. I mean, obviously people can find you at Underground Gym, but uh, Travis is a fun social media follow, too, because you're going to find out about gyms you've never heard of, tournaments where he's represented us on a U.S. stage, got randomly into Sambo for a while, which it turns out is a cool combination of wrestling and grappling, which is uh, how we would probably describe Travis's style. You're fighting... Joel Jacquard, who is probably senior journeyman posts, is getting pretty nervous. You've been fighting a long time. I was going to say, you, Cat Clark was probably, I mean, you've been fighting in the, uh, at least in a televised, which is like Abu Dhabi North American Trials back in 2012, fighting before that, 2011, 2010. So, wait, when Jiu Jitsu started the competition circuit competitively and uh, getting sort of the reach it's gotten. You're fighting on July 29th. Are you prepping? You're always working out. You're always sort of making good choices. Not sort of. You're always making good choices. Are you doing anything special, given this is a pay-per-view, in terms of preparation outside of the defensive ends you're rolling with? No. um, Well, actually, yeah. I've kind of changed up my training a little bit with my son and and just with how my business has grown. like I don't, I don't go to a lot of formal classes anymore. I get like the, my my top training partners together, my buddies, like you know, three or four of us, and then we just we just go hard for like for like an hour straight, just trading in and out, and uh, it's just maximizing, really maximizing time, and and uh, man, it's just it's awesome. It's almost it's kind of refreshing because that's how when I first started training, that's kind of how it was. It was just a couple guys that got together and, and then, you know, you just beat the crap out of each other and you learned and got better. And that's, uh, that's kind of what I've reverted back to recently. And man, I love, you know, you, in your training, as you guys probably know, it's, you, 
you go through patterns with your training and you change it up and you focus on these things and you change and focus on something else and you learn something and then work on that. So it's kind of a pattern I'm in right now that I'm, I'm actually really, really enjoying. And I mean, it's awesome. It's just, it's just forging, forging the brotherhood as you just, you know, get better and better and sharpening the skills, sharpening the tools. And you also are at a place where you have to search for, and this is a plague of the black belt. You have to search for people that can challenge you, which is at times, uh, no, not, I mean, as someone that's no, wrong I mean, with you, like, kind of difficult. Well, no, not really, man. Like, like I just saying, there's, there's so many good people in Kansas City, and jiu-jitsu's grown so much. I mean, gosh, there's freaking, I don't know, 68 black belts in Kansas City now or something. It's, it's insane, but... uh there's, you know, there's, there's brown belts, black belts, there's like, kind of like I was saying, like when I started, you know, a blue belt was something extremely special. Purple belts and brown belts were like unicorns or centaurs, you know, like they just didn't exist. So now it's it, jujitsu's, it's just, it's just evolved. It's, it's everywhere now. And there's, you can get good roles anywhere. I, I mean, you're, you Google, you're fighting on a pay-per-view. That's where it is, which is sort of the point in terms of, uh, damn it, I still love the name Chokes by the Ocean. Why, why don't we name the podcast that, Raf? What were we thinking? Had it's the cake awesome. song He's, come uh, out? I, I don't know. I don't remember. Cat's <laughs> no. been posting pictures, and I, I, he's done this before. Like he, He's talked to me about the experience of you know being on the ocean and, and doing like the whole experience of going out on the boat and how the tournament's laid out right on the, right on the beach underneath two giant tents. So I've done that before, like on an Island for Sambo. So it's, I'm just excited. It, it just, it's going to be a fantastic event and I'm just excited to be a part of it. It's going to be fun. Do you know anything about the guy you're fighting? You can heel hook him. You're going to tell no. us, come on. I don't know. He, Last uh, time I saw you, your I foot actually, was wrapped, and I said, "Why is your? What did you do to your foot?" You're like, "It's just what happens when you're a dumbass and play foot games." I was like, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's one answer." I don't, <laughs> I don't remember that, but I do remember. I probably did say that actually. Um, <laughs> um, I did hurt my foot. It was hurt for a, a long time, and then, I, which, you know, it, it would be hurt, and then I'd just keep re-injuring it, re-injuring it. Well, I finally, like, I wasn't even getting foot-locked, but I was up on a single leg, like, finishing it, and I went mm. to step, and I, like, my toes curled under, and so no. all of my weight, and then and then all of my opponent's weight, and then, so it yep. just rolled, and, and then it finally, like, I went in, got an x-ray, and the, the doc was like, there's there's like edema on the bone. The bone is weak and it's fractured. Like it's gonna break for real if you don't stop. So that's probably at that point that I saw you and was like, yeah, gotta gotta, gotta take it easy. Yeah, you know, tether that's it back a little bit. Not so. how the conversation went afterwards. You just <laughs> mentioned that it was injured, and then we proceeded to fight. I'm uh, also pretty sure that to the, the audience, I did not footlock him out of courtesy and courtesy mm. alone. Well, I'm sure it's courtesy. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if I did this like when I was rolling with you, but I know when I was still doing tournaments, I would tape both feet. So you don't, you know, I don't want to just tape one because then it's 
classic right. giveaway. So yeah. I would take both as a diversion. So I don't think you were worried about your Not foot it. getting attacked in this particular class, if I remember. I'm also pretty sure, Kevin, that when he had the doctor, he was like, hey, man, Shut you up. can't go out there and have any kind of hard training. And he's like, I'm training with Kevin. And the doctor goes, oh, that's oh, fine. No, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, you can go <laughs> train with your friend. <laughs> that would be... Uh, well, BJ, I will say KCBJJ in terms of gyms I've trained at, it's 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 a rough gym. I mean, it's uh, that's no secret. Rough is a compliment, I'm yeah. saying. They are going to test you if you walk in that room. But... Absolutely. No, no, but that's pretty much just it. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's all I had to say on that. Yep. Uh, I, I was like, I was thinking, I was like, is there, a, no, that's all I want to say. Um, T money fighting July 29th. If people want to train with you, they can find you underground gym in Lee's summit. Travis is the type of guy that's innovative. He does online training. So if you're someone that's far away listening to this podcast, say Tokyo. That's our newest emerging market. And we love you. You can still get to Travis. (laughs) Raph's getting an emerging dialogue in the Tokyo. It's amazing. Uh, Kevin, I believe they say arigato there. uh, They definitely do. And we got a few more listens after you said it last time. Um, You can still train with T-Money. If you've liked what you heard and you live in L.A., you live in Florida, you can find him easily. Underground gym. Uh, train with a man. Does a whole Kev. host of things. Stayed with me for a week and I learned a lot about dieting. I was like, fuck. <laughs> he just talks about it. He can't help it. Kev, here's an important thing. Before we sign off with Travis, yeah, I think it's important to ask him because he's got a pay-per-view coming up and he used to do the, you know, that world. Off the high rope, ask- you might say. Listen, I'm not asking for anything I knew, crazy. I knew this was coming. I knew I couldn't get off get off the uh, interview without this. That's gonna, you know. I'm just saying. I'm just we're, saying. We're ask I'm not time. asking you to be a character. <laughs> I know you're a changed man now that you can't trash talk because you're a father. Yeah. And you've seen the beauty of you know having a legacy and a son that's going to be better <laughs> at you than jujitsu. And I get it. And it hurts. And it's whatever. And it's fine. But Travis, I just want you to tell people what they can expect if they order a pay per view because they got to shell out some money from to support a good friend.catclark.com. So, my question to you is what can people expect to see from you at a pay per view coming up? Go. What they're going to see from me at a pay per view is somebody that goes out there and puts it on the line um like i was saying earlier i don't i don't shy away from any challengers any challenge any any format any rule set there's a lot of talk now about all these different rules and who's good at what and blah 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 man just go out there and do it and that's what you always see me like that's what i do i just put it out there and it wins for some exciting matches i don't uh I don't play for points. I play for keeps and, you know, the whole, you know, either come back with your shield or on it, that thing, man. That's that's, that's how I, I like to go into matches. So whether it'll be quick or whether it'll be a feverish pace, it's, you know, it's going to be exciting. Now, see, Kevin, I did not ask him to be a pro wrestler. You I asked not. him to be... Travis Conley. So let the record show 
I was well, having him do that. That's all. That's all. That's all. Yeah. No, we're being clear. It's funny because I just gotta say, like, when I when I talk to my brothers or certain people, I get excited, and or even on like my voicemail, I think my wife's like, "You sound like you're cutting a promo, like all the time," <laughs> and, and she gets on to me all the time, and it's hilarious. So if you if you just kind of let it naturally come out, rapid, mm-hmm. then it you know you can't. You know, you can't manufacture it. You got to just let it naturally come out. So, listen, I didn't give you any any direction. I didn't tell you what you had to do. I was even downplaying it, and yet you subtly, and I don't know if this is conscious or you know, subconscious talking. You dropped in "I play for keeps," which <laughs> is a very famous Macho Man reference uh, in terms of playing for a woman. Uh, yes, yes, that was a stake in one of his matches. Uh, so I'm just saying, I understand. I understand what's happening here. So, you know, it is what it is. Thank you very much, Travis. I appreciate you doing it. Well, T-Money, friend of the podcast, uh, friend of mine, very long time, top-ranked BJJ Black Belt fighting 13 days from now, July 29th, chokes by the ocean, fighting... Joel Jacardo, who I thought you were fighting Kyle Stanford, so the step in makes sense. Kyle Stanford out due to injury uh, or just fear. That's just me knowing who he's fighting. I'm just, I don't know Kyle at all. Just throwing that out there. Uh, Joel's required foolishly stepped in. We look forward to watching you, sir. Thank you again for stopping by the podcast. Do not worry. Travis Conley will be back, I'm sure. Travis, thanks again for swinging by. Thank you guys, man. It's always it's always a blast coming on. I really appreciate it. What a favorite's weekend. It felt like an Oprah interviewing moment mm. in the sense I was just so happy. We got to talk mm. to good friend Drew Dober. We got to talk to mm. good friend Travis Conley. Whenever you can talk to a couple of skilled fighters, uh, it's always a good night. It helps if they are tolerant of your bullshit. And neither of those people have killed us yet, which means they're it's pretty true. tolerant of our and bullshit. And they've had the, t- the opportunity to. Many a few times for both of us yeah. at this yeah. juncture, and fortunately, um, every time I tapped or cried, Travis let go, which was very That's nice true. of him. And Dober and those fucking mm. thighs, also very yeah. difficult to fight. No gi, he's used to gloves on, so there's no mm. real hooking in. Like he just can get hooks from wherever. Fun podcast with both of those guys, Raf. You have to do some USSGL stuff mm-hmm. tonight. So you're still putting in the evening hours. Not this guy. I'm going to drink a little bit. I'm going to go to bed. Feels good. Producing a fun podcast. I had a blast. You had a blast. It's time for shout outs. Let's do it. I will start to the surgeon team at Kaiser Medical. I appreciate that we tried to do this a little faster, and it sucks that we couldn't. I mean, as a group. <laughs> As a group, we're all all upset about the information. Spent the whole week in Central City with the Phillips and Horn families. Uh, My sister, her family, my parents, 
badass RV time. Went to <laughs> Winter Park, Raf. Went to up to the 12,500-foot mark. Rode a ski lift that uh, definitely had my mother sort of having those moments where it was like, why did I do this? <laughs> she was like, your father stayed with the baby. Why didn't I do that? I was like, I should have switched him. Because my dad immediately was like, I'll hang out with the baby. The napping <laughs> two-year-old. Fun times with the family. Then we went to Rocky Mountain National Park. Did a little swim in the Colorado after a nice hike. Saw some elk. Amazing week here in Colorado, Raph. Uh, and I saw one of my teammates from Jubera Jiu-Jitsu. So this is a special shout-out to her, Ashley Lynn. She's been cutting weight for a tournament. No one in her division. Uh, so she's gonna no. throw. She was cutting down to like 145. Don't have it. So they're just gonna team it up with the 140 to one, like 135 to 165 or something. So immediately not worth cutting weight or uh, being careful. But I always sympathize with those stories because of when I tried to fat kid my way down to 192, and they canceled the division. It was amazing. <laughs> and That'll teach you. That's gonna do it for me, Raf. All right, a few things to go through, but I want to start here. Before we go any further, I think it's important to note, Kev, on this podcast with Drew and Travis, I hope you guys know, we literally uh, previewed two people who have pay-per-view events on the same day. So uh, I'm not asking you to pick who you love more, but maybe invest in two screens that day. Oh, are they both July 29th? That is they are, Kev. Yeah, they are, UFC 14. Hey, I've got a computer and a television. Suck it. I was almost going to say if they were on the same line together and like batoned being guest to guest, <laughs> I would have been like, fight, fight, fight. But, uh, you know, I, I'm us. a better host than that. Guy. Hey, All right. Our job is to promote the mixed martial arts community, right. not to schedule it. We can only right, do right, so much. Right. I, listen, I'm not in charge of this. I, if I, I like was, that at least easier. 300 people in Tokyo just now were like, uh, we're going to get both. <laughs> Are you joking? Oh my God. Thank you, Tokyo. I got to Tokyo. Our larger markets of London <laughs> and Canada, along with the United States, obviously, which is, uh, you know, I'm not going to call it number one. The United States doesn't deserve that type of credit right now. I'm going to make them earn it. They're That's in fair. the running. I'll say that before they get too cocky, obviously. But London and Hold Canada, is, big markets. This is the moment we're international. America writes off the verbal tap podcast i feel like anyone listening to our podcast is like that's fair <laughs> yeah. he's, he's not 100 we could use a little bit of a gut check hollywood george <laughs> clooney it's too much absolutely all right all right guys here's what i'm gonna say i got a lot of things to go through so i'm gonna try and do them as best i can my first shout out goes to valley martial arts center it's gonna be great to have marcelo coming back he was on vacation so marcelo we have missed you uh everybody there has been holding it down uh john Bud was teaching a very nice class. All of us, we uh, miss you, and we can't wait to have you back. So huzzah on that one. Also, VMAC is going to have a tournament. If you guys are a blue belt, it's the True Blue tournament. It's going to be on August 20th. I believe it's 40 bucks uh, for the next couple weeks. We'll talk more about that one. But if you know a blue belt and you want to see him compete, or you yourself are a blue belt and you want to compete, very friendly area. I'm hearing rules. Could be sub only. I'm not sure. Hold on. I'm hearing lots of things about sub only. Some... I'm hearing a lot. It could be huge. Could I don't know. Could we'll find out. Could be fake news. We don't Could know. be fake news. Love China. Um, so anyway, Billions keep that in mind. dollars are being made by this maybe tournament. <laughs> so uh, we want to make sure that if you guys are at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, we want to say uh, yes, show up there more. Training goes down every morning from 8 to 9, Monday through Friday, 
over at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club in West Hills. And then on Friday and Saturday, we usually have a 6 p.m. training on both of those days, uh, depending on if the guys are competing or not. So keep in mind, we got a lot of stuff that we're getting ready for. I have a big shout-out and a big, 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 big person to thank. And that person, my friends, are actually a, a power couple. Uh, Catherine Shen and Keith Kokorian came up to the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club to help me do a surprise for two of our hardest working video guys. That's Octavio and that is Mike Frosto. And those two guys work tirelessly for all of the USSGL videos that you see. Um, I wanted to give them a little gift and uh, I gave them a private with uh, Keith and with Catherine. And then afterwards, uh, we all got to roll and train with each other. And I'll tell you this much. Um, there's a reason they're winning tournaments, guys. They are difficult people to roll with. So I'm just saying that. Anyway, uh, my thanks to them for making that happen. Uh, my favorite reaction was from Frosto, who looked at me and was like, wait, what? Oh, that's a surprise. for I need to get dressed. Okay, let me go get changed real quick. <laughs> and he immediately ran to go get uh, Nogi attire. And he was just like, I didn't, I didn't know we were doing this. And I was like, well, it's for you, dude. So uh, my thanks to him. Uh, and my thanks to Octavio as well. And uh, obviously the kids for coming on up. You guys should know this. The Deepwaters Invitational is part of a big weekend. Now both uh, Catherine and Keith are going to be a part of that. We very much look forward to seeing them do their thing. But they're going to be two of the 16 people we're going to have. So we're going to have an eight-man invitational and an eight-woman invitational. The winners of both is going to get $1,000 each. And then the very next day in San Diego, this is a course on the beautiful Broadway Pier, we are going to have an open tournament. Prices just went up, guys. I tried to do what I could to help you out here, but I'm going to help you guys out on the show because I love you guys and I want to give you a $5 discount. If you use the promo code LAJJCLUB, it's $5 off your entry, which just went up, I believe, $15. So it used to be $50. Now it's $65. But if you use the code, it's $60. So uh, you can go register for that if you want to come to our open tournament. It's sub-only, EBI overtime rules. Um, you know, we want to make sure we give you guys the best thing. You know, kids, adults, we got everybody, all weights, classes. So gi, no gi, all the good stuff. Um, please, please come and support us. That is going down August 12th and August 13th for the package weekend, the 12th. The Invitational, the 13th come, then do the tournament. And if you sign up for the tournament, you get free entry into the Invitational to come see some badass jujitsu on the beautiful Broadway Pier. And uh, I also want to thank the people over at Five Grappling. We had a great weekend over there. Myself and Octavio drove down. We have an awesome interview with Keenan Cornelius. Yes, I found him. I dug him out of a hole. Who? And I said, you will the, be interviewed. Uh, no, the young guy no Kevin, you fight? know who he is. Oh, okay. <sighs> Kevin. I know. I just, I He's going to be so hurt. How dare you? I, he asked me. He was like, did you have a, a co-host who went into more hiding than I did? And I was like, ooh, sick bird. <laughs> sick bird. So, Sounds like anyway, Keenan, those classic zingers he's known for. 100%. And in case you're wondering, yes, I did ask him a little bit about the questions about him and a certain – Danaher death squad yeah. kind of training together yeah. and maybe another person. So go look at that interview. It's going to be a fun one. And, uh, you know, I, I have too many thanks to make, but the Mayweather McGregor thing was a great time. Again, my thanks to Frosto for helping make that happen. It's been a busy week, but again, go to suitedmag.com If you want to read my articles, um, they give you essentially all the things I'm thinking. And I would normally, uh, say on this show, 
but they're in written form. So while we wanted to give it some attention, here's the thing, guys. We have four more weeks of this shit, so we're not going anywhere on the analysis. So we wanted to, to start you guys off before you get sick of it, because I already know you're sick of it. But again, my thanks to Frosto for making that a great time. I had a really awesome time going to see that event. And you know what, Kev? I know I have far too many more uh, thanks to make, but I'm just going to stop here because let's just be real. I want you guys to do the ussgl.com backslash register, and I want you guys to go do that because I really want you guys to come win my money. And uh, I think that's going to do it for me, sir. That'll do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night, and I hope you enjoyed your tit dragons. The fireworks, LeBron James in our Game of Thrones. You're really you're on a hot streak. <laughs> Summer of rap. Summer of rap. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time.